Hey, faithful listener, welcome to season six of the Bible Explained podcast, the podcast where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and enjoy today's discussion from the book of Joshua. Happy Wednesday, faithful listeners. It is just a beautiful, beautiful Wednesday morning. I'm just so thankful. We've had just complete sunshine for like the past two weeks, and it's just been so, so nice. I've been sitting outside in the morning with my coffee. I've been drinking my, I've been drinking my Bible. I've been drinking my coffee and reading my Bible. And it's just been wonderful. I've been working outside. If only I didn't have such horrific allergies. It's like nothing can quite be perfect. That's because we live in a fallen world. So there's always going to be something that's not quite right with the world. And currently it is the allergies that I am experiencing, which is no fun. I hope that you guys are all feeling pretty good and pretty healthy. As we discuss uh, Joshua chapter 7 today, verses 16 through 26, this is a continuation of Monday's episode. But I am going to remind you guys about what Monday's episode was before we, we begin today's episode. So on Monday, we talked about this guy named Achan. And Achan did something very wrong. He stole from God. So because of this, God had actually turned his back on Israel because Achan had basically defiled the entire Israeli camp with the stuff that he stole. It was devoted things. It was nothing that Achan should have had. And he had brought it into the camp. He caused a whole lot of trouble. So God turned his back. And unfortunately, no one noticed That was actually one of the biggest problems, I think, that happened with all this is that Joshua and the elders and the leaders didn't notice that God had turned his back on them. As you can see, Joshua had actually not prayed to God at all. And this was some time that had passed between Jericho and the portion we're going to read today because this whole other battle ends up happening. This battle at Ai and Israel got like demolished at AI. And all of Israel at that point, it says their hearts like melted in fear because they then realized that God was not on their side. Now, a lot of this, unfortunately, could have been avoided had Joshua just prayed to God before going into that battle. But as you can see, and as we talked about on Monday, Joshua didn't do that. He relied kind of on his own power to go into AI and did what he thought was best without consulting God first, which was the point of what Uh, Joshua was supposed to do. Joshua was the leader. He was the one that heard God's voice, basically. He was supposed to talk to God, communicate with God, listen to God, and then relay the message, the messages from God to the people. And Joshua didn't end up doing that. And so it cost Israel 32 men, 36 men, I believe, in battle. Joshua falls down to the ground And he puts dust on his head and he's in mourning and he's like, God, why did you do this? I wish we would have just lived beyond the Jordan in the wilderness rather than going into, you know, the promised land if you're not going to be there with us. And so God kind of reprimands Joshua, actually. He's like, get up. Why are you falling on your face like that? Why are you in mourning? Why didn't you notice anything? And so then he kind of reprimands Joshua a little bit. Not very harshly, but then he says, you know, I'm not with you anymore because of what Israel's done. They they've taken the devoted things they've stolen from me. 
They disobeyed me. They even broke the covenant, the promise that we made with each other. So he says in verse 13, get up and sanctify the people. And what that means is tell the people to make themselves holy. Because tomorrow I'm going to reveal to you what man has done this. So today let's go ahead and start actually in verse 13 of Joshua chapter 7. We're going to talk about what God tells Joshua to do to sanctify the people. And then we're going to go into this man named Achan. So grab your Bible, your cup of coffee, and I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. this morning. Get up, sanctify the people and say, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow for Yahweh. The God of Israel says there is a devoted thing among you, Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you take away the devoted thing from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought near by your tribes. It shall be that the tribe which Yahweh selects shall come near by families. The family which Yahweh selects shall come near by households. The households which Yahweh selects shall come near man by man. It shall be that he who has taken the devoted thing shall be burned with fire. He and all that he has because he has transgressed Yahweh's covenant and because he has done a disgraceful thing in Israel. So Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel near by their tribes. The tribe of Judah was selected. He brought near the family of Judah and selected the family of the Zarahites. He brought near the family of the Zarahites, man by man, and Zabdi was selected. He brought near his household, man by man, and Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah of the tribe of Judah, was selected. Joshua said to Achan, My son, please give glory to Yahweh, the God of Israel, and make confession to him. Tell me now what you have done. Don't hide it from me. Achan answered Joshua and said, I have truly sinned against Yahweh, the God of Israel, and this is what I have done. When I saw among the plunder a beautiful Babylonian robe, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them and took them. Behold, they are hidden in the ground in the middle of my tent with silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent. Behold, it was hidden in his tent with the silver under it. They took them from the middle of the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the children of Israel. They laid them down before Yahweh. Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the wedge of gold, his sons, his daughters, his cattle, his donkeys, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had, and they brought them up to the valley of Acre. Joshua said, Why have you troubled us? Yahweh will trouble you today. All Israel stoned him with stones, and they burned them with fire and stoned them with stones. They raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. Yahweh turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place was called the Valley of Acre to this day. So even though we discussed verse 13 and beyond on Monday, I wanted to start there today because it's very important to note that God specifically told Joshua the night before to tell the people to sanctify themselves. This means that God gave Achan and his family something like 12 hours, I would guess, if not more, for them to actually like confess this sin. And had they confessed the sin, then maybe none of this would have happened. That's kind of what I believe. God always gives second chances. He always gives chances for people to confess their sins. I can't think of a time when he doesn't. And even here, he's telling Joshua to tell the people to make themselves holy. He's almost like prodding Achan and his family, in a sense, to turn away from this uh, wickedness that they had done. 
And why I include Aiken's family is because it seems to me like they, they knew exactly what had what was going on here. However, if Aiken did not confess, which God knew he would not, God says that he was going to reveal to Joshua who had done this great sin, basically. And he was going to do it through like random selection or in other words, like casting lots, I guess. And so it says that in the morning, Joshua rose up early and brought Israel near by their tribes. And so the tribe of Judah was selected. So God revealed to Joshua that it was the tribe of Judah that was at fault. So then Joshua goes a little bit further and he brings the tribe of Judah nearby and he selects the family of the Zerahites. And then Zabdi was selected, who was uh, Aiken's grandfather. And I can imagine at this point when Zabdi is selected, Aiken's probably like, oh, crap, you know, I'm 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 found out. And so then it says Aiken was finally selected. And so Joshua says to Aiken, my son, please give glory to Yahweh, the God of Israel and make confession to him. Tell me now what you've done. Don't hide it from me. So Achan answers Joshua and he says, I have truly sinned against Yahweh, the God of Israel, and this is what I have done. So Achan was caught. And notice that Achan does not confess his sin. And notice that Achan doesn't seem very sorry for his sin until he is caught. A lot of times when people apologize for something that they've done, it's not because they're actually sorry for what they've done, but it's because they were caught. They, they're sorry because they were caught. I remember as a kid, my mom used to say that to me all the time. She'd be like, you're not actually sorry. You're just sorry that you got punished. <laughs> I'm like, no, really? I'm actually sorry. <laughs> Probably I was not. I don't really remember. But yeah, this is, is a common thing for people to do is to be sorry that they got caught, but not actually sorry for the, the sin that they really committed. Because clearly if Aiken was actually sorry for this sin, he wouldn't have tried to hide it so well because you can see the you can see how he tries to hide it he tried to hide it because first and foremost he doesn't confess it he knew that he was at fault the entire time he knew that he had disobeyed otherwise if he knew he hadn't disobeyed why would he hide the stuff here's what he says happens he said i saw a beautiful babylonian robe when we took Jericho and 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold and I coveted them and I took them from the fire basically. And so I hid them in the ground in the middle of my tent with the silver under it. So there you go. Achan saw these things from Jericho when God specifically told Joshua to tell the people, don't take anything, burn everything basically. Everything is devoted. But Achan coveted these things this beautiful babylonian robe maybe it was like a king's robe or an official official's robe and then the gold and silver he wanted these things for himself he coveted them and he took them and then he goes through the process of hiding them in his own family's tent so he knew Aiken knew that he was sinning because otherwise why would he hide it you don't hide something if you think that there's nothing wrong with it. You only hide things that you know that there's something wrong with it. Hence why people often hide addictions. They try to hide those problems because they know that they are sins. So this is what Aiken does. He knows he sins. He kind of brings his family down with him because the family clearly knew that it was in the tent. 
Maybe they even tried to hide it with Achan. So Achan hides these devoted things and brings so much ruin onto Israel. God was very clear with his covenant. He said, if you don't uphold this part of it, I will not uphold my part of it. God was very clear. And that was a boundary that God made with his people. So you can't blame God for turning his back on Israel when the covenant was not upheld on Israel's end. And unfortunately, Joshua kind of let this slide by. And I'm not saying that, you know, I blame Joshua per se. This was not Joshua's fault. But as the leader, Joshua should have had an inkling as to where Israel's heart really was. And clearly Israel's heart was contrary to God at this point in time. But the elders and Joshua missed this. But this goes to show you that one man's sin can cause issue for everyone. Your sin will affect everybody. It's not just affecting you. It will affect the people around you as well. And Achan here, his sin affected all of Israel and it affected his entire family. He was a troublemaker. That's what Joshua calls him. He says, you have caused so much trouble to us. Now we're going to cause trouble to you. God is going to cause trouble to you is actually what he says. He says, why have you troubled us? Yahweh will now trouble you today. And so all of Israel stoned him with stones and they burned them with fire and stoned them with stones. And as you can see, there was a whole like urgency with this as well. It wasn't just Joshua that was urging the people to do this. Look what it says about the messengers here in verse 22. Joshua sent messengers and they ran to the tent. That shows urgency. The people were ready and wanting Achan the troublemaker to confess the sin. They wanted to be back in God's good graces because they had already seen what God had done for them, how he sustained them in the wilderness, how he brought them out of Egypt, how he parted the Red Sea, how he parted the Jordan River, how he miraculously uh, brought down the walls of Jericho. So the people wanted to be back in good standing with God because they knew they didn't have a chance in the promised land if God was not on their side. Everyone knew that. All the Israelites knew that they wouldn't have a chance if God was not on their side. So there was urgency with this. So Joshua and all the people end up stoning Achan. And depending on the version you read, some versions say that they also stoned the family of Achan. Now, that is debatable. And I have read uh, both debates on that one that, yes, the people did stone Achan's family and no, the people did not stone Achan's family. I personally believe that the family also got stoned because I think it's kind of clearly laid out in scripture. And also the family was most likely involved in all of this. So I'm going to guess, yes, not just Achan, but his entire family got stoned as well. The Israelites wanted this problem to be over and done with, and they knew that God would not be on their side until the devoted thing was gone and the people who did this were punished. If you remember where God destroyed Korah, this was a long time ago we discussed this, I think in the book of Numbers, Korah was the guy who basically like started a rebellion in the wilderness against Moses. It wasn't just Korah that ended up dying. It was all of Korah's family as well because they went along 
with Korah. They stood in solidarity with Korah. And I think it was the same thing. I think it's the exact same thing that happened here with Achan and his family. So now it says that in verse 26, they raised over him a great heap of stones that remains to this day. So Yahweh turned from the fierceness of his anger, and therefore the name of that place was called the Valley of Acre to this day. So God turned from his anger now that the problem, the problem people were taken care of. And that is because the covenant was restored again. God wants to have a covenant with his people. He wants to be near to his people. And actually God delights in being close to his people. There's verses that talk about that. I was just reading Lamentations today, actually. And all of Lamentations is talking about like God's fierce anger and how he basically wiped out all of Israel because of Israel's corruption and Israel's sins. But yet halfway through Lamentations, it starts talking about God's faithfulness and how he actually delights in hanging out with his people. And actually, he does not like causing harm to anybody. He does not want to punish his people, but he will punish his people for the entire group, for all of Israel. We see that time and time again. God does punish people and he will punish people for their sins, but he does it for people's good. It actually says in scripture to not resist God's punishment. Like if you find yourself being personally punished by God, it says don't resist it because in the end you're going to learn from that and you're going to grow into a stronger person. Now, unfortunately, Achan resisted it because Achan hid. He did not confess it ahead of time. He broke a promise with God, with his own God. So God punishes Achan and Achan's family for the collective good of all of Israel. And so now Israel and God are in correct standing once again. Well, guys, I have a nice announcement for all of you. I went through every single episode and numbered them for you. And I found out that when we started Joshua, like the very first chapter of Joshua, it was actually episode 700. And I found that really, really funny because we were talking about how God works in sevens, like during the book of Joshua. And so for some reason, that was just hilarious to me that episode 700 was the first chapter of Joshua. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so you guys, I, I numbered all the episodes. So hopefully you'll have an easier time navigating through. If you want to go back and listen to any episodes, they are all numbered for you. I hope I did it the right way. I hope I didn't skip anything or do something wrong or number something, the same thing twice or whatever, because I, I can see myself doing that. But I am going to go back through and recheck everything as I get time to do that because I do want to update the old episode titles and everything like that. So anyway, friends and faithful listeners, I do hope that you have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday. I will see you tomorrow because we are discussing John. We're going to be discussing Pontius Pilate tomorrow. So tune in then, 6 a.m. or whenever you choose to wake up. All right, guys, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your Wednesday. Happy listening and God bless.